We all desire the material possessions that we need in order to provide for our families. Greed is the inordinate desire for a super abundance of material possessions. Greed is an insatiable desire for more and more and more stuff. Our Lord speaks about greed because he knows us very, very well. And he knows that greed is something that we can each succumb to. We can want more and more. We can be consumed with the thought of not only having more and more, but making sure that our goods are the are the biggest and the brightest and the best. We know this from our experience of having automobiles and TV screens and smartphones. We can never get enough. And you save up your money to buy something that you've dreamed about and you buy it and as soon as you've paid the cashier, it's out of date. There's something else that's bigger and better and faster and spiffier than what you have in your hand. Greed, envy, covetousness, these are sins that are cut from the same cloth. But so too is the remedy for these sins. When we find ourselves getting consumed with the inordinate desire for a superabundance of material possessions, when that starts to get a hold of us and our life is not about what we own but what owns us, the remedy, prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of thanksgiving. When we thank God for what we have, specifically, when we thank God for who we are, who God created us to be, each of us uniquely with our own set of gifts and talents and abilities, when we think about all of those so-called lucky breaks that have come our way, that are simply signs of the Lord's providence working in our lives. When we think about the wonderful people God has given to us, the people who love us and whom we love dearly, when we take time to thank God each and every day, to thank God, as St. Paul says, always and for everything, when we are spending our time thanking God we have less time to worry about what we don't have or what our neighbor has that we don't. Try this exercise sometime this week. Take the rosary that you keep on your person. Now, not instead of praying the rosary, but in addition to praying the rosary, take a rosary bead Think of some way in which God has been good to you, in specific, and say, thank you, dear Lord, and move on to the next bead. 
Think of something else that God has done for you, some gift, something that you have that really makes a difference to you, some person in your life, presently or in the past, who has made a difference. And say, thank you, dear Lord, for that person. And keep going, bead by bead. My question for you is, how far do you think you could get on that rosary? Isn't a better question, how many laps do you think you could do? Because once we start thanking God for the blessings he has given to us, where does it end? Where does it stop? God is good to us 24-7. His mercies are never exhausted. His goodness is without end. So what is wrong with the foolish rich man who gets caught up in greed? What is wrong with him? He's just experienced a harvest beyond his wildest imagination. Now he has harvested enough to last him year after year after year. So he wants to tear down his barn and build a bigger barn to hold all of his stuff so that for the rest of his days he can rest, eat, drink, and be merry. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that is that what was indeed a great blessing of a great harvest has not brought out the best in him, but the worst. Suddenly this fortune is now bringing about with him the vices of sloth, drunkenness, gluttony, the worst in him. What was his mistake? Three things. First of all, nowhere in this parable does the rich man think of God. Nowhere does he thank God for the sun and the rain that made possible his abundant harvest. He never thinks of God in this equation. Nor does he think about the poor and the less fortunate. How much easier it would have been for that rich man with that abundant harvest simply to fill the barn that he has with the things that have come from his field, leave the rest out for the poor. Word travels quickly when there's a giveaway, doesn't it? Surely all the poor would know that they could come and their lives would be blessed. It could be a life-changing moment for them, and he'd have plenty of more years in front of him to, to sow and to reap and to count upon the providence of God. But he doesn't think about them. He's thinking about me first. Look out for number one. He is selfishness incarnate. He doesn't think about God, he doesn't think about the poor, and he doesn't even use his common sense. A barn filled with agricultural products that are drying out, one spark 
and it's all history. One match, it's all gone. And in fact, his very life would be required of him. Each one of us has to confront the reality of our own mortality. Each one of us remembers that there will come a day when we will have to render an account of our stewardship before the just judge. The Lord will ask each of us, what did you do with your life? What did you do with all the gifts and abilities and talents that I gave you? What did you do with all of the time that I gave you? And by the way, what did you do with all the money that passed through your hands? Please, God, on that day we will be able to answer honestly, Lord, every day I thanked you for your goodness. And every day I really tried to take care of what you gave me, tried to be responsible with it. And every day I tried to be generous. I tried to use all of the blessings that you gave me to try to make life better for someone else. If we can answer the Lord honestly in that way, will he have any choice but to say, well done, good and faithful servant, come and share your master's joy. The foolish man forgot about all that. The foolish man said, eat, drink, and be merry. He had forgotten that the day of the Lord comes like a thief in the night at an hour we least expect. He didn't think about God. He didn't think about his neighbor. He didn't even use common sense. He was truly a fool. And when we read this parable, and we, when we point our finger at that foolish man that our Lord describes, we have to remember that there are some fingers pointing back at us that we can suffer from those same tendencies to accumulate more and more and more, thinking not about God, nor about neighbor, nor about common sense. When a couple gets married, there's a beautiful prayer that is prayed over them toward the end of the wedding mass. And there's a beautiful line in that prayer. We pray over that newly married couple. We pray, may the desire for earthly things not dominate your lives. May the desire for earthly things not dominate your lives. And then we send that newly married couple forth and they have to go out, they have to buy a toaster, they have to buy a waffle iron, they have to find a place to live, get a mortgage, all those things. All of a sudden their lives are spinning with the acquisition of material possessions. But what we're praying is that that will not dominate their lives. That they will think first to thank God for the opportunity that they have to raise a family and to set their children on the right path. They have an opportunity to thank God for their good health, the health of their youth, 
that they might accomplish the tasks of parents and that they might use their energy for performing the corporal works of mercy to benefit the poor. We pray that their desire will be to store up treasure in heaven, the treasure that rust cannot tarnish, nor moth destroy, nor thief steal away, that they will remember that they are living not just for themselves, but for the glory and honor of God. Please may it be so for each and every one of us. As we listen to this parable of the foolish rich man, may we consider our attitude toward material possessions. And may we remember that we are given the privilege of doing so at the foot of the cross, during this holy sacrifice of the Mass, we are drawn near to the one who forsakes everything, who gives away everything that he has and is nailed to a cross so that we might have the priceless gift of life everlasting. And he gives to us everything that we could possibly want or need by giving us in this great sacrament of the Eucharist his very body and blood, soul and divinity, the food and drink that truly satisfy the hungry heart. May the blessing of this Mass today Strengthen us in our resolve to follow the right path, to be thankful every day for the blessings that God has given to them and to use them according to his purpose, not our own. And if we are not on that path, may this occasion bring us to repentance and conversion of heart.